This morning we're looking at Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 11 and I entitled the message Eight Wonderful Blessings of Justification. By way of introduction I want us to remember what the word justification means. Justification is God's act of forgiving us of our sins. This occurs when a sinner repents, a change of heart and mind demonstrated by a change of behavior, repents and puts his faith in Jesus Christ. God forgives, delivers the sinner from his sin by uniting him with Jesus. And I'm stressing in these sermons as, as we look at the scripture that we will see the phrase in Christ, through Christ. We will see those kind of phrases hundreds of times in the New Testament. Because it lets us know that everything that God does for us comes to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we repent of our sins, he unites us with Jesus Christ. And in this way, Jesus can become the sinner's substitute... For penalty, he can take our place and take the penalty that we rightly deserved. And he becomes the source of our salvation. Now this remedy for sin is needed by all sinners and is provided for all. Uh, whosoever will may come and experience this wonderful salvation. Today we learn of the eight marvelous blessings and privileges we receive when we are justified by faith, when we've repented and Jesus becomes our Savior. As we read Romans 5, 1 through 11, I want us to look for these eight blessings. And I decided I'd just read through the passage with you before we talked about the passage. Look for these blessings, peace with God, Access to God's grace, a glorious hope, the development of Christian character, God's love within us, salvation from future wrath, reconciliation with God, and joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Look for those eight blessings as we read together Romans 5, 1 through 11. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. <clears throat> Pardon me. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. 
Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, enemies to God, we were reconciled to God through the death of his dear son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. So let's begin talking about these eight marvelous blessings that were just enumerated for us in these 11 verses. First, we have peace with God. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. From the moment of faith, we're accepted through the beloved, that's Jesus, and we're reconciled to God through Jesus' blood. Now the word reconciled is a word that means when two people are at odds and there is enmity between two people, to be reconciled means that adjustments are made until there can be peace between the two people. We were in our sins and our rebellion against God's authority. We were God's enemies. We didn't love God because we loved our sin. And when we repented of our sin, then God was able to unite us with Christ and Jesus received our penalty because our penalty, we would have been consigned to hell. Jesus took our place. He took our penalty and redeemed us and made us his child. And to be reconciled with God means we are now in a loving, right relationship with God. So peace with God is a twofold reality of first, no longer being enemies of God. And secondly, the reality of being a relationship of peace with God. So it's not just a neutral, so we're not his enemies anymore. Uh, it's better than that. We are now brought into his family, into a relationship of peace with God. This peace comes through our Lord Jesus Christ. And all that God has for us is found only in or through Jesus Christ. Notice the preposition through our Lord Jesus Christ. By faith we're united with Jesus and on the basis of this union God's able to justly forgive our sins for Jesus took our penalty and died in our place. Notice the word Lord. We have peace through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is not only our Savior, He is our Lord. What does the word Lord mean? Lord means master or owner. And for Jesus to be our Lord, 
means that we have submitted to his authority and we seek to obey him. There are people who claim that Jesus is their Lord. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do the things which I say? Our life demonstrates whether or not Jesus is truly our Lord. If we're obeying him, seeking to walk according to the word of God, keeping our conscience clear, avoiding what we know is wrong, then we're showing he is our Lord. And I claim Jesus as my Lord, and that means then I have to be submitted to his authority and seek to obey him. And I'm happy to do that. We not only have peace with God, but secondly, access to God's grace, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Notice, access into this grace in which we stand. Paul's already stressed that all the believer has in Christ comes by grace. You remember what he said, Romans 3.24. Being justified, that's forgiven, freely. Nothing we did caused God to offer this to us. It was a free gift. By his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Everything we have comes in Christ by his grace. This grace in which we stand, we have access to the realm in which grace reigns. Now, what does that mean? Grace is the outpouring of God's love and mercy to undeserving people, creating in us the desire and power to do God's will. God wants to give each of us grace that we will desire to read our Bible, we will desire to walk in truth, we will desire not to sin, we will desire to live the way he wants us to live. If we cooperate with his grace, he, he gives us the power through the Spirit to enable us to live the way he wants us to live. We operate by grace, through grace, in grace, we always need his grace. That love and mercy giving us the desire, helping us to keep the desire, as well as the power, the strength to do his will. It is by and through God's grace working in our lives that our sins are forgiven and we can be all that God intends for us to be. And this is why songwriters write about amazing grace and marvelous grace. And, and they sing songs about the grace of God. We receive from God, by grace, everything we need to live the Christian life. Do you want more grace? I do. Are you thankful for his grace? I am. And so let's be graceful, grateful that when we become God's children, we have access to everything we need by grace, through faith. Everything you need for the Christian life is available to us through God's grace. I like where Paul wrote that uh, God has already blessed us 
with all heavenly with all blessings in heavenly places meaning that everything you and I need to be the Christians that God wants us to be has already been provided all we have to do is receive it by faith through his grace so believe that and if you are facing hard places or struggles and you find it difficult to do what you know you should do, ask God for his grace. Ask God for extra strength and power to do and to be what he wants you to do and be. Third, we also have a glorious hope and rejoice in hope. In hope of what? The glory of God. Unlike the English word hope, the New Testament word contains no uncertainty. I hope that, uh, that I stay well this year. When we use the word hope, it's talking about a desire. It's talking about a wish. Generally, something positive. But you could, if you don't have the right attitude, you could hope bad happens to your enemies. But the God doesn't want us doing that. But in the Greek, New Testament Greek, the word translate hope doesn't have that iffy quality. It's a confident assurance. It speaks of something that's certain, but we haven't seen it happen yet. It's yet future, but it's certain that it's going to happen. So we hope, we have certainty, that one day we're going to participate in the glory of God. Now what is the glory of God? We confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. God's glory will be restored to every Christian when Jesus comes again. Listen to 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Beloved, now are we the children of God. Right now. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. We're going to be changed. But we know that when he is revealed, and I've underlined we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. What does it mean we're going to be like him? To be like him means we'll share in his glory. And his glory will be reflected in us. Now I don't know what all that's going to look like, feel like, or be like, but it sounds pretty good to me. We're going to share in his glory. His glory will be reflected in us. And it's this reflected glory that will constitute our glory. In other words, one day each believer will be clothed with the glory of Jesus Christ. You remember up on the Mount of Transfiguration when Peter, James, and John were there with him? And Jesus was transfigured and his glory showed out from his life and it was as bright as the sun. Can you imagine? Now he concealed his glory most of the time as he walked as a human among us. But can you imagine one of these days when we're going to share in that glory? We will shine in, with the glory of God in our life. We will be resplendent in his glory. That's something to look forward to. Clothed in the glory of Jesus Christ. As a Christian, we have no reason to fear the future. Every reason to rejoice in it. 
because our ultimate destiny is to share in the very glory of God, a glorious hope. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. And so Paul tells us in Philippians that we're going to be transformed to be like him and share in the glory that he has. A glorious hope. Fourth, the fourth blessing, the development of godly character. Chapter 5, verses 3 through 4. Not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Now, tribulation means trials, pressure, problems that we face. Paul says we have basis to glory, to glory in them, knowing, and this is the key word, you've got to know what's going on. Why does God let Christians have problems. Well, that is God's method of producing spiritual muscle. You know, people who are weak generally go through physical therapy. What is physical therapy? It is exercise designed to strengthen muscles. And physical therapy is not always fun. Sometimes it's painful, hard work, but it's designed to make the person stronger. And God has spiritual therapy for our lives. And the spiritual therapy is the problems you and I face. And if we have the right attitude in the midst of those problems, we know that if we respond properly, these Problems will only make us stronger in the Lord. That's the word perseverance. Spiritual muscle. And as we get stronger, it develops character. Christ-like character. And that character gives us confident assurance that we're becoming the people that God wants us to become. Christians don't escape problems. For Christians, trials work for us and not against us. The sequence is tribulation or problems trial designed to make us stronger in the Lord. And stronger means more Christ-like character in our life. And more Christ-like character, confident assurance, which is called hope for the future. As we go through tribulations and by faith depend on God's grace, the trials only purify us and help us to get rid of the chaff. What's the chaff? Our grumbling, our finding fault, our pity in ourselves, our wrong thoughts about what's going on in life. The devil is always wanting us to take the worst case scenario and feel sorry for ourselves. God is wanting us to realize that in the midst of problem, he's there for us to help us to become more Christ-like. The choice is ours. The same problem that can be a blessing can be a curse. 
And what makes the difference? The difference is how you and I cope with it. What we do with it up here. Poor me. I hate this. I can't stand this. This is ghastly. I negative, 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 negative. That's exactly the way the devil wants us to cope with problems. How does God want us to cope with problems? To find the promises. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Greater is in me than he who is in the world. As I wait upon the Lord, he will renew my strength. I'm going to think on things that are lovely and praiseworthy and positive. And I'm going to know that God intends these problems to make me better. More like Jesus. Which am I going to choose to do? And the choice remains up to us. Me? If I've got to go through the problems anyway, I don't want them diminishing me and making me worse. Do you? Remember what the children of Israel, they didn't respond properly to their trials. So what did God say to them? He said, all right, take some laps around the desert. You ever have a coach that if you didn't do what they said, they'd have you do push-ups or take, run a lap or something like that? Well, I don't want to be having to go around the desert for 40 years. Do you? What made the difference? They didn't have the right attitude in the midst of their problems. May God help each of us to have the right attitude in the midst of our problems. Amen? We also have the assurance of a glorious hope of future when we'll share in the glory of Jesus Christ if we allow our problems to purify us. Then there's God's love within us. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Notice this phrase, poured out. That's the idea of lavish. God's love has lavishly been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Who was given to us. As we wait for this hope to be fulfilled, the love of God is poured out into our hearts. It's the inner experience of this love of God mediated by the Holy Spirit that sustains us as we go through tribulations. Have you ever seen that picture? It says, how much does God love me? And he lifted up his arms and he died. Have you seen that? The shadow of the cross. How much does God love you? God loves you so much he gave his only son to die in your place. Jesus loves you so much that he willingly took our place. And so we need to reassure ourselves that we have the demonstration and proof of how much God really does love us. And he did all this while we were yet sinners. And if we've repented of our sins and given our heart to him, well, you know, if he loved us that much while we were still sinners, God is on our side to help us to be what he wants us to be. Paul speaks of this love in Ephesians 3, verses 17 through 19, talking about Christians, you being rooted and grounded in this love, then he prays, may be able to comprehend with all the saints. What's the width, the length, the depth, and the height? To know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. 
Folks, God's love is marvelous. And as people talk about his love, how his love has sustained them in their problems of trial, it encourages the rest of us to know that God will sustain us as we grow in our knowledge of his love. Six, salvation from future wrath. For when we were still without strength before we were saved, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood. Notice this phrase, we shall be saved from wrath through him. When we preach through 1 Thessalonians, we found that chapter 1 verse 10 says that God has not appointed his church to wrath. When we came to Revelation chapter 6, we found that God's going to pour out terrible wrath upon the unsaved during the tribulation period. Christians are saved from God's wrath through Christ. We're saved from wrath. And this also includes hellfire wrath. Seventh, reconciliation with God. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we'll be saved by his life. When we get saved, we go from being God's enemies to being his children. Blessing number eight, joy in God through Jesus Christ. Romans 5.11, and not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. The blessings we receive in Christ should encourage all Christians to rejoice in God through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus' death, he's made it possible for those who believe to receive forgiveness for their sins and enter into an eternal relationship of joy with God the Father. We joy, take joy in God the Father through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's be thankful and rejoice in what Jesus has done for us. God provided it and Jesus came and paid the price so that we could have it. The Holy Spirit now mediates the love of God and the work of Jesus Christ in our lives. Summary, we have peace with God. We have access to God's grace. We have a glorious hope to be like Jesus in his glorious condition. We presently now experience development of Christian character, become more like Jesus. We know that God loves us. We have his love poured out within us. We have salvation from future wrath. We are reconciled with God. And we are able to have joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our message this morning has been eight wonderful blessings of justification. Aren't you grateful for these blessings? I am. 
And I'm glad that the Holy Spirit had Paul to spell these out for us because I don't think I would have known about them had he not written and explained it to us. Let's close in prayer.